I guess you're gonna miss the panty raid. The what? I said, I guess you're gonna miss the panty raid. Panty raid? You're talking about girls, right? Girl girls? Yeah. And you're talking about raiding their dressers for their underpants, right? Oh, yeah. Well, count me in. If this works, I'll take back what I said about you two being lame. Not lame. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I'm your captain, Captain Eric. It's a pleasure to welcome you aboard to another episode. And this is quite an episode we're talking about today because we have run into a banned SpongeBob episode. Ooh, I know. Um, now, this is banned in certain circumstances. This is certainly not an episode that just doesn't exist anymore, but if you happen to own a Paramount Plus subscription or Amazon Prime, the two homes of SpongeBob SquarePants Season 3, you will find that The Great Snail Race is a single episode watch. There isn't the second part of that, which originally was Midlife Crustacean, which first premiered on January 24th, 2003. Also, I do want to address, for anyone who has joined this podcast, and I haven't talked about this, when I mention the release dates of these episodes, they are in their American release date. Um, and in certain circumstances, like here, this episode actually premiered earlier in Canada on November 6th, 2002. And it even has premiered over the years in various countries, all the way up in August 16th, 2021, where it premiered in Kenya for the very first time. So um, I, I try to at least give the very basic information, and I am chronicling this from America, uh, but I, I don't have uh, the time to mention all of those release dates for every single episode. But I do implore you, if you, if you live somewhere around the world and you'd like to know more about your specific SpongeBob episode, maybe of where it premiered, uh, where you live, or anything more specific to uh, maybe even references in the dubs, I, I implore anybody who listens to this podcast to check out the Encyclopedia SpongeBobia. Uh, it is the number one source, in my opinion, for any SpongeBob information. It is edited by fans, but like Wikipedia, you know, it does have people who are looking out for the pages to make sure everything is in order, to make sure anything uh, that is being quoted or is, you know, being said about something specific, you're sourced, which is what is important to remember when you are researching from Wikipedia, and I know there's so many out there who instantly hear Wikipedia and they go, nope, 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 That's that can be edited by anybody in the world, but for a lot of that information, for it to stay relevant on pages, you have to include sources, and those sources are usually the exact references that are completely fine to, to mention anyway, so it's a good hub for all of the information to come together, so uh, massive shout out to all the contributors uh, on that site, including myself. Uh, very rarely do I do I touch things. Very rarely will I edit unless I just feel like there might be just a better way to word a sentence. It's very small, minute details. And, and even when it comes to Wikipedia, over the years, I've done very minor edits to Wikipedia. And since I'm just talking about it, very quick story that has to do with Wikipedia. But for a good solid few months, I was in this editing war. And this is probably the nerdiest thing I will ever... Uh, I will ever talk about. I'm just realizing this, but it, it, it had to be done because it was just ridiculous. So on the Wikipedia page for All Real Monsters, uh, and I'm, I don't know if I've ever talked about this in the podcast, uh, on the Wikipedia page for All Real Monsters, there was an entire section for an apparent film adaptation that was being worked on in the mid-90s, but then Paramount canceled it because it was apparently too dark or too scary or, or whatnot, and it was canceled. And it was it was sourced by a book that had this apparent information in it. Well, it takes one click on the source to realize that the book that was being sourced for that information about this apparent film adaptation of All Real Monsters was just a book on on Amazon that is just Wikipedia articles in print. So it was sourcing itself. Like somebody wrote that information on Wikipedia and then in the meantime, someone else made a book in, in the middle of that of just all these Wikipedia pages that included All Real Monsters, which then included the fake film adaptation part, and then it got resourced to itself. 
So back and forth, here I was finding that somebody kept adding it back in because they kept saying, like, well, it's sourced. And I'm very clearly writing, you know, in sentences when you're taking something out, like, the source is itself. You can't... that. That's not right. And those moments are where I will jump in and edit Wikipedia and, and whatnot. It happens so rarely. It's like the amount of times I've ever sent a complaint to a massive company. It's like like three times in my life. It's That is the amount of times I've ever really edited even on Wikipedia. But to this degree of just I, I'm looking back in on this. I'm checking in on this to make sure it doesn't get added. Uh, and I fought tooth and nail. And eventually it, it just in the background, the... Uh, what? Don't boo me. Knock it off. Get out of here. It was a good thing. All right? No, there was no film adaptation of Auro Monsters. Anyway, back on to the SpongeBobby. Uh, uh, shout out to you guys. And then back up to Midlife Crustacean is the episode we're talking about today. A banned episode. But what does that mean exactly when, when I say banned? Well, as of now, it is no longer in circulation in the United States. And as far as I know, just the entire North American region... Uh, you will not see Midlife Crustacean air on Nickelodeon or any of the other channels that air SpongeBob SquarePants. Um, outside of that, like I said, it did air in Kenya in 2021. I don't know if just in certain markets around the world this is allowed, um, but it seems pretty widespread even to the point that on streaming services like Paramount Plus and Amazon Prime, two places that house season three of SpongeBob SquarePants, you cannot play Midlife Crustacean. And honestly, when it comes to the status of this episode, whether it's banned or censored, whatever word you would want to use, the fact that it isn't available on the streaming services is what bothers me more than anything else. If they don't want to air the episode on their television channel, I mean, there's so many episodes of SpongeBob that I, I really don't think that's a big deal. Making that decision, totally fair if you don't think... The episode has content that current, you know, viewers would find acceptable. Totally fair. But on your streaming service, it seems a bit silly where in the same streaming service, you will find, no doubt, other content that is far more offensive than anything you can find in a SpongeBob episode that, yes, could be hidden behind a, you know, parental control, but... You can also change the episode's rating if you feel like it's not just E for everyone, you know? Like, they have done that with other SpongeBob episodes. They've changed the rating on streaming services, and if you feel that strongly about it, then change the rating. But to just flat-out remove it brings attention to it, therefore causing the issue you're trying to hide from in the first place. I, It's counterintuitive. It's extremely counterintuitive. Um, the episode, as far as, as what makes it bannable, if you have watched this episode a hundred times and you have no idea what is going on, the belief is in regards to a certain scene at the end of this episode, which I'm, I'm debating on, do I just talk about it now or do we just wait until we get there? I mean, we're going to eventually get there anyway. So from the moment you see this title, it should become very clear uh, midlife crustacean that we're we're dealing with Mr. Krabs going through what we call a midlife crisis in uh, in in our culture over here. Uh, I I believe that's most widespread to anyone who speaks English the the idea of of midlife crisis. But for those who might not understand that, um, there are adults in the world that when they get to a certain age, they start kind of realizing their age more and more. It becomes more apparent. And there's just this kind of freak out in your brain where you're not really ready to accept your your age. And therefore, you may act or dress a bit younger. You may you may choose things to skew a bit younger to kind of avoid the fact that you're physically getting older. And that's what's called a midlife crisis. And, and usually the red flags there, other than just the way somebody might act or dress is usually just kind of spending money on on things to feel younger. And it's okay to have a night out partying, um, but certainly 
the midlife crisis would go beyond just just a one night out. It would usually even include the purchasing of, of large, expensive luxury items, a motorcycle or a boat or a nice fancy car. Usually the red flags that somebody might associate with a midlife crisis, but it it goes beyond the purchase. It's an overall attitude that is associated with the crisis. Those are just the red flags there that might that might make your friends or family look at you and go, hey, you feeling all right? You feeling good? You're, you're doing things that are a bit different for you. Uh, but if, it, if it's that attitude, then you know somebody is kind of going through that. And that's that's normal. It's normal for people to feel to, you know, kind of their brain for them to kind of catch up with their body there. And usually it's a moment where you all of a sudden feel a pain in a spot you've never felt before. Or you get to that age where even jumping off a, a, like a two foot steep cliff just is going to be like the end of the world for your shins. And you're like, well, I can't do that anymore. And I can't parkour everywhere. And and yeah, that that also comes with just poor physical uh, physical care, too. You got to take care of yourself physically, the way you eat, the, the way you exercise. I mean, there's people out there who are uh, in their 60s and 70s doing marathons and decathlons. Uh, breaking records of weightlifting. It's it's incredible what you can do with your body. You got to take care of yourself and, and you can feel as young as you want to feel. Don't let age or your your body really dictate, you know, what you can and can't do. You just got to work for it. But uh, it's an understandable practice to one day wake up and just feel old, whatever that means to you. And that's what happens here at Mr. Krabs. Unfortunately, and it's not to his own assistance to be waking up to a, a radio network that literally has old in its in its call sign. And the fact that the song he's waking up to is just the most depressingly old song you could possibly listen to. Um, it, it was clearly intended and created to be depressingly old. But why? Come on, Mr. Krabs, wake up to something with a with a little bit more pep in the step that you can actually dance to and feel good about yourself. Why are you Why are you trying to get ready to, to that kind of music? The song is uh, is of course "You're Old," performed by Martin Olson. the uh, The name might not sound familiar. We have talked about him before in the show, so if you're a longtime listener, that name you know might ring a bell. But you may better know Martin Olson as the chief of the uh, International Justice League of Super Acquaintances. Boom, got that. From Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 5, and then also shows up in Swamp Mates, the episode Swamp Mates, which we will we'll eventually get to. Uh, but yeah, Martin Olsen here playing this wonderful song. It's on the SpongeBob Yellow album, and it's probably my least listened to song just out of how depressing it sounds. Look, they were clearly going for something, and they nailed it. Complete bullseye with the feeling they were going for, but it's just not a piece of music I'm going to regularly listen to. So I, I can't believe Mr. Krabs just allows himself to wake up to this. I will say the one thing I'm really jealous of in Mr. Krabs' house, he has an entire house of knickknacks and collectibles, and out of all of that, my favorite thing that he owns is his alarm clock. It's like this glow-in-the-dark underwater skeleton opening up a treasure chest alarm clock. I kind of want that. Kind of want to make that with some mechanics that maybe once an hour the top mechanically opens up and some bubbles spray out and you can fill it with some some bubble soap. Can you imagine that? Your alarm clock has bubbles opening up to it. That'd be pretty cool. Underwater, I, the bubbles were not an effect on the actual alarm clock. Obviously, every time it would open up, it's the effect of just the air bubbles coming out. And that would just be the cherry on top of an absolutely amazing alarm clock. Not playing this old music, though. I love Martin Olsen, but we're not playing that song through that alarm clock. But Mr. Krabs gets up, and it's a really depressing sequence where they draw him physically just old-looking, saggy, depressed, and he's kind of coming to terms with it. This is that moment I mentioned where you wake up and you just, you realize you're not as young as you used to be. And no matter what, you could be 24 and you wake up and realize, wow, I'm I'm not as young or limber as I was even at like 15 or 10 years ago. A lot can happen in a decade and your bones can just kind of ridge it up a bit. So you, you could be in your mid-20s and wake up and feel old. You could wake up in your 30s and go, wow, I don't even feel like I did 10 years ago then. 
I shouldn't have complained 10 years ago. Man, this is worse. And it's only going to get worse if you let it. Especially if you uh, if you let yourself get to the Mr. Krabs level of having multiple chins. And, and I mean multiple chins. It's not a good look. Now, during the breakfast scene with, with Pearl, it's, it's a very kind of cliche dad-daughter moment, except what's not cliche is Pearl's response to, to Mr. Krabs. Normally in these situations where there's a dad feeling not their age or a mom not feeling their age and they go to their, their kid, usually the kid in these situations would kind of either like half-truth it or just let flat out lie and then feel bad about it. But here, Pearl is not only very honest with her father, but she's just happy about it. Like, she's just happy about being honest and open and like, yeah, you're old. Like, that's, it is what it is. And she's even nice enough to help out with his morning medication, which is one massive pill. Now, <laughs> one theory I have about this is the size of the pill is because it's not a pill that was made under sea. It's actually a pill from from the surface world. Maybe they get their medi- medication from medicine that maybe we dump in the ocean, unfortunately, uh, or, or through some other means. But yeah, that just seemed really funny that it was just a, a massive human-sized pill that he had to eat. Although with the amount of pills some people have to take in the morning for so many different elements, it, it might even be better to just take one massive one than to take like a bunch of separate ones and and trust me like I I've had family members who've had to go through that multiple pills and uh, it, it's a struggle out there for a lot of people and if you're out there or know somebody out there who has to go through that regimen uh, you know be there for them and if you're out there dealing with it uh, my heart's out there for you I understand now Mr Krabs does leave the house with a better sense of of himself than when he woke up when he woke up felt terrible when he left the house. He actually felt a little bit better, even after going through the whole morning conversation with Pearl and and just realizing that even in his daughter's eyes, he's not young. But you know what? That's okay. That is completely okay. Now, one gag that shows up throughout this episode is this of the, like, Boy Scout, the underwater Boy Scout helping Mr. Krabs cross the street, which is a common gag of the, the Boy Scouts, one of their their badges to earn is helping an elderly person across the street. It's been a classic bit that's been used in a, a countless amount of cartoons and live action TV shows. I personally in my life, I've never seen it outside of a cartoon. I've seen boy scouts. I've seen cub scouts. I've seen girl scouts. Never once have I watched a, a one of them. Anybody in a uniform help an elderly person across the street. Not even in, I'm not talking just on its own. That would just be ridiculous expectations. I'm talking about even crossing the streets in New York or any other busy city where there's a lot of people. Never once did I ever catch somebody, a kid in a uniform, helping an elderly person across the street because I know if I did, my first thought would be like, oh my God, this this happens? This is real? Now, I'm sure anybody can pull up a YouTube video of this of this occurrence happening. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just telling you throughout the captain's years, I've never once experienced this phenomenon. And with the dying advent of the uh, the scouts across the board, I I, I think it's going to become a real Sasquatch moment for me to catch this uh, phenomenon happening. But uh, honestly, there's there's probably better badges to earn. Um, not that not helping elderly people across the street isn't a good thing I'm telling you. I mean, if I, if I was ever at a red light and I saw somebody who was clearly struggling with walking, needing help across the street, I'd put my car in park and help them. Eh, what's the big deal? Like, no one's in that big of a rush. And if you are just wait for like a minute or two, everybody's in too much of a rush for everything. Uh, but yeah, no one's going to hand me a badge after that. And I'm not saying we shouldn't hand badges for good deeds, but I don't know. I think the badges should be for more, I don't know, achievable efforts. And I just don't think a common decency thing like that is, I don't know. We should, the reward should be knowing that you did it. That's just, that's the captain system here. Uh, we're, we're going too much into the, the Boy Scout thing anyway. But yeah, the, the running gag of this episode is that every like twice Mr. Krabs, when he walks somewhere, then gets assisted by this random Boy Scout, which makes him feel old. But I, I don't know. 
Uh, like I said, I, I you just take the assistance, Mr. Krabs. But even funnier and kind of relatable right after this is while Mr. Krabs is walking, we have uh, another fish here who finds himself walking right behind Mr. Krabs. And even though they're in an open field, it seems, and you can just walk around him, he kind of just stays behind Mr. Krabs in a lane and starts yelling at him about this, this old man needing to get out of the way or that he's too slow. And then eventually, as he passes him, even mentions that his blinker has been on for half a block. And, you know, we get a gag of Mr. Krabs looking at his butt and he's got the two two blinkers, two arrows, and one of them has been blinking. Uh, but you know what? If you're a driver out there, this is definitely relatable. At some point in your life, you're going to be driving behind someone who is driving well under the speed limit and you're going to pass by them and they're going to look like a, they're an elderly person. And I say look like because I don't assume anything. But, uh, yeah, you're going to pass by that and go like, wow, the you know, person's driving really slow. You, you might not be even that calm. You might even be really angry about it like this guy yelling at him. But when it comes to driving and your perception of how you drive and the other people around you, I always go to this very classic George Carlin quote. Have you ever noticed that anybody driving slower than you is an idiot and anyone going faster than you is a maniac? Yeah, just some brain droppings for you. Right before we get to the uh, Krusty Krab, though, as Mr. Krabs finds himself in a lineup of old people who are seemingly lined up at the local cemetery, which freaks out Mr. Krabs, rightfully so. L let me tell you, if I saw a lineup, a straight lineup of old people at a cemetery, I'd be a little freaked out, too. I, I would certainly question a bit more as to why they were they were there. And then I would probably find out my answer that at the front of that line, there just happens to be an ice cream cart. Why the ice cream guy in Bikini Bottom chooses the cemetery of all places to park his cart is beyond me. But let me tell you, he's making bank because apparently all the old people are just congregating at the cemetery, hungry for ice cream. But uh, we eventually do get to the uh, Krusty Krab. And to me, this scene that happens to Mr. Krabs is far worse than any other scene in any part of this episode. This one hurt. This one was was rough to watch. And every time, I forget that this part is in this episode. But Mr. Krabs is sitting at one of the tables at the Krusty Krab. He's feeling down about himself. And he's just beside himself. And he hears this this conversation between this mom and this kid. And the kid complains about his the taste of his Krabby Patty. And the mom goes, oh, that, that patty is old and gray. Just like that man over there. And, uh, and which is already an ins a bad insult enough to just throw out there. But then she goes with just, I can only explain of just the, the hail Marys of, of insults of just, you should, you should put that where it belongs in the trash. I mean, the guy heard you, ma'am. I mean, I know she wasn't asking for the manager, but what an underwater Karen we have on our hands here. A nice Karen fish. Just throw, I mean, if you're throwing insults out like that in, in full earshot, then yeah, you kind of get a bit of that title, let me tell you. But I, I really feel bad for Mr. Krabs in this situation, because it's one thing to feel bad about yourself, but it's another thing for somebody to throw uh, an insult your way, you know? it, it You can be self-deprecating, and it does help pad any any sort of insults, but uh, but it, it's not like he was owning his, his oldness. He was feeling down about it. If you can own your your flaws, then it becomes a lot easier when if people ever throw barbs your way or make fun of you because then you already laugh about yourself about them. But for Mr. Krabs here, he was not at that point where he he made acceptance of, of his age. He was feeling down, and then here's this lady just throwing these, these haymakers. My goodness. But uh, he has this little moment with the, with the Krabby Patty where he kind of just realizes, like, well, this is this is exactly what I am, this just old Krabby Patty that's being discarded. Right as this is going on, though, Patrick, in one of my favorite moments of his, walks into the, the Krusty Krab and, as usual, announces his, his arrival to the Krusty crew. But in this moment, he is then met with his yelling with SpongeBob right in his little window, screaming right back at Patrick, having a full-blown screaming match of a conversation right in the middle of Squidward and it's it's super quick but it genuinely makes me laugh every time I watch this episode it's one of my favorite bits 
of them yelling back and forth about the amazing, awesome night they're going to be having and just Squidward stuck in between these two characters yelling at one another. Um, Mr. Krabs overhears that these two young guys are going to be going out and having a wild night out on the town. Now, this is where I got to stop Mr. Krabs for a second. Anything that happens at this point is your own fault. You should know SpongeBob and Patrick and their ideas of fun. And granted, Mr. Krabs has had fun with SpongeBob and Patrick before. Let's not forget, when it comes to board games, Mr. Krabs is certainly ready for them. He gets a little bit too hyper-attentive to them, to the point of, of literally diving into madness of following the games. Uh, please don't play certain board games around Mr. Krabs. But, you know, he, he has had fun with these characters. So, it, on one hand, there is a history of him enjoying himself with Spongebob and Patrick. On the other hand, he should very well know that these characters are not your average young people going out and, and having a fun night. As he later says in this episode, he kind of knows what's cool and that these two really hadn't come up with any cool ideas for their evening. So I, I just don't know in the beginning of this what would make Mr. Krabs overexcited, but you know what? Maybe for as down as he was, he was willing to give the first thing to come in front of him a try. And the first thing was SpongeBob and Patrick having a night out on the town. And what does this night out include? Well, I mean, you can watch the episode and find out. But I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to tell you exactly what this includes. The first stop on their night out is a visit to the wash. That's right, the wash. If you haven't heard of the wash, well, you're in for a treat. Because this is one of the hottest night spots in Bikini Bottom. Because the wash is where you can go and wash your clothes. It's a laundromat. It is straight up a laundromat. One of the nicest looking laundromats I've ever seen. And if there was a place as nicely built as the wash and just has that theme, I, I think I would actually leave my home with clothes to go there to, to wash them. I don't know. There's nothing specific about the inside, but just the, the outside and the design. It definitely could make someone believe there's actually a nightclub in there. But yeah, Mr. Uh, Mr. Krabs is duped into going into a, a laundromat to watch clothes getting, you know, cleaned, which... Granted, you know, if you've been in a laundromat, okay, it's interesting to see the clothes tumble and in the washer and then the dryer. Okay, fine. Like, I get that. But as a night out option, no, this is not cool. Uh, the second part of their trip is picking up trash under the highway. Like, hey, kudos to SpongeBob and Patrick, but certainly like not a night out type activity. I, If somebody said, hey, do you want to have a night out? And it was a friend uh, and I was like, sure, let's go. And they brought me under a highway to clean up trash. I mean, I would I would help. And gosh, even if it was like 10:30, I mean, it's such a decent activity for the environment and the world to be doing. I would absolutely want to do that. Just not at that time. I still would, but I like I wouldn't be excited about it. I would definitely be in Mr. Krabs's position for that. Um going swimming in a wading pool uh, that's not that bad. Little kiddie pool that they have for for swimming purposes. But I, uh, I forgot to mention their wheels for the evening, the Underwater Heartbreaker, which is a two-seater bike that also includes, for some reason, a raccoon tail, a little, or at least a ferret tail on the uh, end of the bike. Fastened also to the end is a little red wagon that Mr. Krabs gets to sit in while uh, SpongeBob and Patrick wheel around. Uh, and even Mr. Krabs knows this is like the most uncool vehicle you could possibly have but SpongeBob and Patrick are all about it, and hey, it's a free ride for him, so why not? Uh, but yeah, they, that, that's their that's their transportation for the evening. So after we we get to the little kiddie pool, which isn't you know isn't a bad hangout spot if it's in the summer, and and you're hanging out with some friends in a backyard, and you have some drinks and some barbecue, and whether or not even if you have a pool, even if it's a kiddie pool, and you're just laying in it, like yeah, that's that's not a bad part of a of a night out of an evening. Uh, so that one I, I kind of have to give Spongebob and Patrick some credit for. That's a decent part. The next part is now riding kitty rides at the Bargain Mart. You know, those little 25-cent ride-along rides. Uh, not not cool. Not cool. And I, and I got I to gotta give a ding on that, uh, especially after, after the waiting pool part. You know, I, I thought, all right, 
hey, this this night could go elsewhere. Now Patrick's idea of riding a riding a, a ride at the grocery store is not necessarily one of the rides in the front, which is of a seahorse and a clam, but in fact uh, riding on uh, one of the fish, who in fact is the same incidental who yelled at Mr. Krabs earlier that he was uh, walking too slow. Let me actually get this incidental's number out. I'm surprised I, I didn't have it at the ready. Um, he's one of the more infamous incidentals, Incidental 40. Uh, just one of the most legendary uh, fish, not only for, for episodes like this, but even for his his appearance in Band Geeks, yelling at Mr. Krabs over his big, meaty claws. I mean, he's just one of the most legendary side fish of this entire show. Incidental 40 here. But yeah, as he's walking out of the bargain mart, Patrick is just holding on to his back. And you know what? I know this guy yells at him to get off eventually, but it takes him a, a, a weird amount of time to eventually tell Patrick to get off of his back. I don't know. It, it, it just, oh, does anyone else notice that? It's one of, one of my favorite bits of the episode, certainly. Right after they ride these kitty rides, they go to the dentist, and, and wow, that, could, you, could you possibly get worse of a, of a planned activity for a night out? Because when I think of a night out, going to the dentist, certainly, certainly at the bottom of that list. Uh, anything else here, I could conceivably see somebody dragging me to. If somebody was like, hey, let's go to a laundromat for a, for a hot minute, I'd go, all right, sure. They, so, there's at least, there was a laundromat in Springfield, Massachusetts that had my absolute favorite arcade game that I will stop literally anywhere to play. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to me since I was a kid going to Lake George, uh, New York, and finding this literal pinball machine everywhere. And there was a laundromat in Springfield, Massachusetts that had this pinball machine, South Park Pinball, I absolutely adore. I will own that machine in my life one day and play it at least once every morning. But um, I would actually at least once or twice in my life, I purposely walked into that laundromat to just play that machine because I had some extra time. So so I, I can see that at least being a possibility. Picking up trash, as I've already mentioned, hey, if somebody like dragged me to it and it was a, a, a curveball, I would help out. Going swimming in a wading pool, I defended that. Riding kitty rides, I, look, I can't see myself it, that being in anywhere near the top of the list of things to do in an evening. Is it at the bottom of going to the dentist? No. So at least like I would rather do that than go to the dentist. Next after that, they fix a roof. I don't know if you've ever re-shingled a roof, but it's certainly not a fun activity. And uh, not anything I would look forward to on a night out. So that that's pretty low. And that's even under riding kitty rides, <laughs> fixing a roof. But I, I can also see a friend, like, really, if I needed to help him out. I'm I'm one of those friends. Uh, yeah, I'll help you out begrudgingly, even if I really don't want to help you reshingle your roof 1030 at night. Seems a bit ridiculous. Next is playing a role-playing game. Now, you know what? Hey, I might be a little bit on the nerdy end. I might enjoy that along with the the pool, you know, as a part of an evening with with some drinks and some food and some friends. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a fun night. If it's a staying in kind of fun night, if it's a going out kind of fun night, like if you're being told, hey, we're going to go out and have a night out on the town and then eventually you're dragged into playing a role playing game. Hey, I can understand that's a shift. That's a tonal shift you were not expecting. And that's kind of a downer. 100% understand that, and in Mr. Krabs' case, I get it. But at least for me, you know, later at night as a kind of calm-down period, playing board games with friends are always a fun time. Um, playing that exact board game that um, has books, uh, the PP Guide and the PP Handbook, and there's no snickering allowed about that. There's no need to laugh because PP stands for PowerPoints. Any any connoisseur of role-playing games knows that. You gotta watch your PP gauge, keep an eye on it. And and you know what? It's good if you can find yourself a PP guide and a PP handbook. It'll help you out, especially if you're playing a role-playing game, like they were playing here. I, I don't know the name of the role-playing game, although the only words on the little um, DMs, not the DMs, uh, yeah, the DMs, Dungeon Master, uh, on his little, like, 
block away guide. It just says PP. So I don't know. What does that tell you? The night ends up at Bunny Buns, a Chuck E. Cheese looking establishment, although there aren't any animatronics on the inside of that place. And uh, less we say about those, the better. I'm not going to start artificially boosting this podcast if I start talking about FNAF-related things. Um, but yeah, there's a Chuck E. Cheese-looking establishment. You can kind of see some board games off in the back. It's clearly like a party center uh, skewing to a young audience, which usually places like Chuck E. Cheese won't let adults in there without a kid. You know, even if your intentions are just to go play the uh, the arcade machines, it's just it's not a good look. But other places, if it's just like a regular arcade place or I'm guessing Weenie Hut Juniors, they they allow all. But yeah, think about this. Bunny Buns in the same town is Weenie Hut Juniors, Super Weenie Hut Juniors, Weenie Hut General. It, there's almost like an entire business complex of all of these really childish looking places. I wonder how close and bunched up they are together. Or if you have to travel far for Bunny Buns, was their night out going to a completely other town including coming back home and playing role-playing games, or at least maybe going somewhere else. You don't really see where they are for that. But anyway, this is the last straw for Mr. Krabs, and this is also the infamous or you know famous can-you-feel-it-Mr.Krabs scene, where this is where Mr. Krabs just, his, his mind is now going into madness. He is surrounded by these children all chanting, can you feel it, Mr. Krabs? It's what Patrick and SpongeBob have been asking him the entire night. Because they want him to feel young. They want him to feel that edge. And SpongeBob and Patrick are trying, but clearly their form of fun and their idea of a night out is not the same as Mr. Krabs's. And Mr. Krabs lets them know just how uncool and lame he thinks they are. And he's had enough of their shenanigans and lets them know that they have not done one cool thing this entire night. He was looking for a really fun night out to feel young again, and he certainly doesn't feel young, and he just wants to go home. And that's when Patrick drops the bomb of this episode, and the part of the episode that I mentioned earlier may be behind the kind of shadow ban behind this episode on streaming services, uh, and certainly the reason may be behind this episode not airing on Nickelodeon proper, and that is of The Panty Raid. Yes, The Panty Raid. Patrick kind of throws this bombshell out there, he throws this grenade out of nowhere, as Mr. Krabs is walking away, and Patrick just says, well, guess you're going to be missing the panty raid. Now, this is the most mature thing that we've ever seen SpongeBob and Patrick do thus far on the show. It is a, a very, you know, immature and uh, and childish act, and, and one that was, if I could explain for somebody who might be a bit younger, it was a, a plot device that was used very heavily in teen comedies throughout the 80s of characters going into the underwear drawers of someone else and and raiding quote unquote their their underwear their panties usually it was male characters raiding the the drawers of female characters and this happened on television shows this happened in movies i'm not saying it was as rampant as every week you would see something like this but it wasn't shocking like i gotta tell you as a kid when i first saw this episode this when this was first brought up a i knew exactly what patrick was talking about and b it wasn't the first time i encountered this in media it just wasn't and i don't think i was alone in that sentiment now could you be somebody coming to the idea of what a panty raid is for the first time while watching this episode, SpongeBob bringing this idea to you? Absolutely. That possibility is, of course, there. But that possibility is there with anything that SpongeBob brings in an episode or that they cover or talk about or feature. There's going to be someone out there in the world, a kid who has never seen that, whatever that may be, and know about it for the first time because of Spongebob. And in some cases it could be good, and in some cases it can be bad. But you know what? You gotta roll with the punches on this, because for every bad case where a kid learns about panty raiding from Spongebob Squarepants, there is also a good case where a kid is learning the Heimlich Maneuver from Spongebob Squarepants and then saving a sibling. So, yeah, you know? It's it's really not the worst thing in the world. As far as panty raids are concerned... um, I, the captain certainly doesn't recommend him 
But we're not talking about the real world here in terms of cartoon characters. Hey, look, it's 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 objectively funny when a character like Patrick Starr is talking about a panty raid, and when SpongeBob SquarePants mentions hitting up this certain location every every week or every once in a while. It's it's funny. It's it's funny. That's what it's supposed to be. It's shocking. It's wow. SpongeBob and Patrick show up to this house ever so often and and use a ladder to get into this woman's home. They they literally break into her home to just rummage her underwear. SpongeBob and Patrick, I look that is shocking, but it's also funny. That's that's the point, you know. And I know when you have to start explaining a joke, then is it really funny at that you know that point? Uh, yes, yes, it is. But that's the thing about comedy, it's subjective. What Captain Eric finds funny doesn't mean that you have to find it funny. And if you don't find it funny, and you have a full understanding of the concept and the joke, and you just don't find it funny, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. And I'm not going to tell you that you're, you're dumb or you're stupid or you don't get it. Hey, that's what is great about all of us. It takes all of us to rock the world. And in terms of comedy, it is okay to not find something funny. But when it comes back to then the streaming service part is if you're going to take an episode like this off your streaming service, then you got to comb every cartoon, every animated property that includes anything that might be deemed inappropriate, that a kid might learn. And and trust me, I know that might seem like a, a weak argument, but let me tell you, let me tell you, the captain can dig for stuff and the captain does not have to dig far on Paramount Plus to find some age-appropriate content that that includes some very questionable material. Not just, though, that'll fly over the heads of kids. I'm talking about as blunt as the panty raid here that is still up and running. And I'm not going to do that because it's counterintuitive. All of it should just be on there. It's a streaming service. I, I, I'm paying for this, you know? So as a, as a subscriber, I am upset that this episode isn't available and that I have to either pull out my DVDs or, or watch it elsewhere, find some other means to it. And I, I shouldn't have to do that. The content of this episode and the panty raid part, it, it's just funny, especially who it comes out of, of who they're raiding their, the panties for. Because Mr. Krabs is fully on for this idea and is apparently so into the idea of a panty raid in, in doing this with SpongeBob and Patrick that he completely ignores the fact that he is breaking into and raiding the panties of his own mother. Mr. Krabs completely ignores that they're going up to her home, doesn't even recognize the layout of the house and the inside. I know it was dark, but I mean, uh, come on. But I'm glad Mr. Krabs didn't, because just the reveal is just too funny. Yes, Mama Krabs, unfortunately, was having her panties raided by SpongeBob and Patrick a handful of times. Apparently, they knew openly, too, that it was Mr. Krabs' mom, which, to me, I know it might be a subtle joke that you might miss your first time catching this, but when Mr. Krabs says, uh, why didn't you tell me it was my mother? And SpongeBob goes, well, you didn't ask? Like, think about that for a second. Like, they completely knew who they were raiding those panties of, and it was Mama Krabs. Uh, Mr. Krabs ends the episode up in his his bedroom. He's grounded for the night, and he ends up sleeping in a car bed surrounded by all of his childhood toys and in a uh, in a nice way, feeling young again in, in a forceful manner as, as SpongeBob comes up to the window, apologizes uh, of kind of ruining his night, and, and he, he just kind of accepts his age in that moment, but then he just also accepts that he's grounded in his own room and just... Hey, I, I wanted to feel young, and here I am, sleeping in a in a car bed, surrounded by my toys. And mind you, I just want to mention something on the on the ground of Mr. Krabs' room, a magazine with the word wacky on it, which I, I got to imagine has just got to be a, a nice little wink or uh, the undersea version of Mad Magazine, the, the wacky magazine. And honestly, Mr. Krabs should be content because uh, being grounded in your room for the night is a lot less than being arrested for breaking into somebody's house. Because, you, sir, you know what? SpongeBob and Patrick, they're young and they're dumb, but you're a grown man who owns a business. Like, you literally own the biggest restaurant in town. You can do anything you want with your money, and here you are spending your evenings breaking in, breaking into your mom's house. I, I guess in that 
regard he could do it because I'll tell you, if you do something to your own house, you can't get in trouble for it. When I was a kid, I once TP'd my own house and the cops were legitimately called on me. And when they rolled up, the police officer definitely came out with aggression as if he was catching somebody in the act of, of vandalizing a home. But uh, the second, you know, he walked out, I was like, this is my own house. I live here. And then he, he had to, I don't think that really clicked with him one-on-one. He had to come closer and obviously, you know, talk to me a bit more, get more information. And I was just like, hey, man, I wanted to TP a house for Halloween. I think it's a cool decoration. I got my mom's permission. I'm doing it. And, uh, and at that point, you know, the officer is at a rock and a hard place. Like he, like, this is something he knows is wrong, but then it's not wrong because it's my own house. And he, I remember him looking at the tree for just a good solid 10 seconds. It felt like a while. I think he was just kind of computing in his head of just like, well, is this okay? And, uh, and rightfully so, we determined like, I, I, well, let me just determine that this is your home. And my mom was at the door. Like she obviously saw the light. So she just yelled out like, yeah, I told him it was fine. He's cleaning it up like, you know, in a day or so, making sure it doesn't go on any on the neighbor's yards. Cause I was not just throwing it up there. I was trying to artfully keep it on the tree and, uh, and yeah, good to go. But literally the, the just thought in his head of like, is, is this wrong? So I guess. Yeah, but I mean, it's not his house, so I understand if his mom obviously called the police and wanted to press charges, Mr. Krabs would af- absolutely still be arrested. But I guess it's safer to break into your mom's house than to break into some stranger's house. But still, you're one of the most successful businessmen in the sea to the point that that humans on the mainland want to steal your recipe for these Krabby Patties. And, uh, and here you are in your own mind, breaking into someone's house to, to rummage through their underwear. It's not a good look for Mr. Krabs. So he, he, he deserves a, a grounding. He deserves a lot more than that. He's lucky with the grounding, but, uh, I, yeah, I've never panty raided. I've never broken into anyone's house like that. I've had to break into my own house, both when I lived with my mom. So technically I've had to break into my mom's house before. I've also had to break into my own house, just losing the key needing to get inside. There's various ways that I know of, and I'm not going to explore those here. I'm just mentioning to you that that's my only, uh, that's my only like form of reference of knowing of crawling into a window and at least, yes, using a ladder at one point. But as far as rummaging through anyone's drawers, uh, it's not my bag. Don't need to do that. You wouldn't want anybody rummaging through your own drawers, so there's no need to do that to anybody else. I, I really hope just at some point this just shows back up on Paramount Plus, on Amazon Prime. I don't know whose call that is exactly, but I, come on now. It, it's This is an episode that's been out for, for 20 years, and it's it's one of the best episodes of season three. It's one that, if it doesn't click with you as a kid, there's going to be at some point in your life that you can watch this episode and completely see it from Mr. Krabs's point of view and understand exactly what he's going through. And this episode hits in a completely different way when that moment occurs. And you're kind of robbing people of that moment by not having this episode accessible on these streaming services where once again, there is just, it's surrounded by so much other content that I, I just don't see the panty raid scene or the idea of it being so heinous that the episode just can't even be just on the service. Not, you don't have to recommend it to anybody, you don't have to promote it, but just being on there. I I just don't like that. Uh, and, and I'm sure just like with other episodes, they'll try to edit, you know, the episode to make it streamable and... There's just so much of the panty raid in this episode that they can't edit it down. But still, I I hope to see it back up one of these days. And with that, that's our time together aboard. Thank you for being part of the Ready Crew. Before we leave today, I want to give a major shout out to the Lemonades, one of the members of the Ready Crew who reached out to me with a fix for the employee of the month bug that was happening that I mentioned on a few episodes ago. I mentioned that a lot of the pupils of the characters or any of the black textures were just transparent. The entire, you know, game played wonderfully, but it was just those textures. I received an email from a member of the Ready Crew who had a fix for this exact issue, and I was able to get out footage of my playthrough of Employee of the Month. I just played the game again. But if you go to YouTube.com and you, even if you listen to the episode, episode 114, which is my review of the Employee of the Month PC point-and-click adventure game. 
Um, even if you've listened to the podcast, go to the YouTube episode of that because the entire video is a part of my playthrough of the game. I do have the entirety of that, that playthrough ready to go, ready to be uploaded. But for the time being, I need to go through and get 100% uh, playthroughs of the three versions of Nicktoons Racing and then uh, of SpongeBob SquarePants Operation Krabby Patty. Uh, same issue was happening with that game with the pupils, so I'm going to use the same fix that the Lemonades gave me for Employee of the Month and see if it works for Operation Krabby Patty. I want to make sure I get those back catalog of playthroughs uploaded to YouTube, uh, both without commentary, and then for some, I might just have commentary for them. Uh, definitely some future games. I'm going to have even a mic set up and, uh, and record as I'm playing through the games. I know that this is day one stuff for a lot of people, but hey, look, this is passion projects for me. So I, I take my time and I make sure things are done right. And, and I don't want to rush into things that I'm new for. I, I want to make sure that what I put out is quality for you guys. If you're a listener of mine, I really appreciate you immensely. You don't have to interact with me whatsoever. The fact that you just pressed play and even listened for 10 minutes, or even if you got to this part and you're currently listening to this, Wherever you are, in the world, whoever you are, I appreciate you. I love you very much. You can reach Captain Eric at spongepodpodcast at gmail.com. If you ever have any SpongeBob-related questions or any questions for me, the captain, you can reach me there. I'll read them out on the show here. You can also follow me on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast and on Instagram at SpongeBobPodcast. Please check out my other podcast, This Week in Nickelodeon History, dropping every Sunday on every major podcast platform. And don't forget to subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel, where you can also hit that bell to receive notifications whenever the captain puts something out. You can purchase new and updated merch at the Redbubble link, either in the podcast description or from the link in any of my socials. Anything that comes in through my projects goes directly back into my projects, and it is always appreciated. As always, please stay safe, be kind to one another, and please come aboard again to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. Are you feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? I'm feeling a warm spot. Sorry. Are you feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? Are you feeling it? I'm feeling it, SpongeBob. Patrick, that's not a ride. Get off of me.